to, to rule and reign over what he has given us, our family, our home, our jobs, our, our property, our children. He wants us to rule and reign, not like with an iron thumb, you know, like you need to do this, but he's talking about us ruling and reigning over the enemy. And so that's what we're talking about tonight. Um, God doesn't want us just to sit by and be trampled on. He doesn't want us to leave open doors to the enemy so that he can come in and kill, steal, and destroy from us. God wants us to apply the word of God so that we are ready for battle, but he's also given us safeguards so that we don't have to be in as much battle either. So we're going to talk a little bit about marking your territory, and this is the passage the Lord gave me, Luke 10, 19. He says, listen carefully. This is Amplified, I believe. Listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possess. This is not something like you're going to possess. As soon as you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've been given the authority, okay? You possess it to tread on serpents and scorpions, and you've been given the ability to exercise the authority over all the power of the enemy, Satan. And nothing will by any means harm you. Isn't that a good word? Isn't that a good promise? Because we know we're in this world and, and there is a devil. In John 10.10, 10, the thief, the devil, he comes to kill, he comes to steal, and he comes to destroy. And we know what he's trying to kill, steal, and destroy, anything that God's blessed us with. He tries to steal our peace. He tries to steal our joy. He tries to steal our strength. And he tries to steal our attention and affection that should be focused upon the Lord. He tries to steal that by diverting our attention onto his plan or his attack. And so, but God's saying here, look, listen here. I have given you the authority and you already possess it to trample on these serpents and scorpions. To trample on and, and to use your authority over all the power of the enemy. Any tactic he might try to use, I've already given you authority to trample on it. And do away with it. And it won't harm you. Amen? And so what is authority? The power or right to give orders. God gave us the power and the right. He endowed us with his name and with his power to, to, to give orders to the enemy to flee from us. Isn't that good? He gave us power and authority to enforce obedience. He gave us absolute authority over all the power of the enemy. That's like anything he could try. Anything he might come against you with, whether it be thought, whether it be against your physical body, whether it be against your family, marriage, job, finances, spiritual growth, whatever the tactic is, God already gave us authority over all the power of the enemy. Amen? So this is informational, something that we need to be reminded of what we already hold and what authority actually is, is we have the power to give orders and command obedience in the name of Jesus, and he has to listen. Or command the devil to flee, and we resist his tactics and don't give in to him, keep the door shut and resist him, and the Bible says he runs in terror. Amen? So, you know, we're not supposed to be, you know, like a, a dog. My dog doesn't really have a tail. He has a nub. <laughs> but when 
we walk into the house, and lately it was really, really cold out, like, last week. And he's such a little baby, and, and he barely wants to go outside. And he will not, and this is a little detailed, but we are talking about marking your territory, so hey. Um, he doesn't want to stay outside long enough to do number two. <laughs> and I don't blame him. But anyways, <laughs> when we come into the house and he's had an accident, He's like a dog with his tail between his legs, even though he doesn't have a tail, all right? He, he's crippled with fear because he knows he's getting that spanking. <laughs> he knows he's going to be told he's naughty, that that was not good of him to do. And um, so many believers are like this, thinking that when the enemy comes in, we back up and we're like a dog with a tail between our legs and we're afraid and we're in fear of what he might do. But if we knew who we were, if we realized that the greater one is living on the inside of us, if we would realize this just this one passage, behold, I've given you all the power over all the power over the enemy so that nothing needs to hurt you or harm you. You don't have to be a dog cowering in the corner. Is that like a helicopter right now? Interesting. Okay. So it's time for the believers to, to be bold and to take a stand concerning your life, concerning your family, concerning your city, your nation. This is our realm of authority. We need to mark the territory and say, thus far and no further. If we don't do it, He's going to try his best to come as close as he possibly can to kill, steal, and destroy our lives. If we'll let him, he will come in, and he'll do as much damage as he can. We don't have to fear because we've already been given the authority over all the power of the enemy. But it's not going to do much good for us to, to have authority that we don't exercise, that we don't use, that we don't command and enforce right? We need to put action to our faith. Faith without works is dead. So it's not enough to know and have faith that God gave us, like he says here in um, Luke 10:19. It's not enough to just know that we've got the authority. You have to put action to it. You have to have faith enough to respond when, you're, when you see the enemy coming in um, and, and, and trying, to, trying to cause um, just, you know, like um, a lack of harmony in your home or, or trying to cause a, a lack of peace in your mind or, or um, a lack of, or a fear um, concerning what's going on in the world, whatever it might be, immediately God wants us to, to resist it and, and use our authority that's been given to us and take authority over it and command it to cease its operation. Amen? He wants us to draw a line in the sand, spiritually speaking, and use our authority and tell him to be thou removed. Get out of our camp. <laughs> it's not going to do us any good, like I said, to, to not exercise what's been given to us. We have to enforce and command the enemy to obey us using the name of Jesus. Amen. Otherwise, he'll try his best. He is not happy that we're blessed. He is not happy that we've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. He is not happy that our reward is to be able to go live for an eternity in heaven, a place that he got kicked out of forever. 
He's not happy with that. And so especially, like I look at Paul, especially someone even who's, who's called by God, who's smack dab in the will of God, sometimes the enemy tries extra. Because he really doesn't want you to influence people to live right, to, to walk in their authority, or to walk in the blessings of God, or, or walk in the spirit as a spiritual giant. The devil doesn't want, want that. He fears that. And so he tries these tactics, and so God's just been training me. I feel like I'm, I'm, um, I'm in boot camp, you know, pumping spiritual iron, putting on the armor of God, using my authority and, and exercising what he's teaching me. John 10, 10, we already read it or said it. The thief comes only to kill, to steal, and to destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. So the enemy's trying to steal that life to the full. The enemy's trying to steal that abundant life that God has for each and every one of us. But we must not be um, dismayed. This is the passage I mainly used last time. Um, John 16, 33, he says, I've told you these things. Like he's telling them about what's to come. He, he's warning them, and he came to me. He's warning us that in this world, there's going to be trouble. Have we seen that to be the truth? <laughs> there's trouble, right? There's, there's attacks, there's tribulations, there's temptations, there's, there's struggles in this life. But he says, but I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world. And, and he says, there will be trouble, but take heart or be encouraged or have peace. For I have overcome the world. He already got the victory. We know he went to death, and, and, and he got the keys of death, hell in the grave. He rose again from the dead, and he got those keys of victory. So we, we can be encouraged that he already got the victory, and now we can use the authority that he, he got for us. And now we use it using his name. Amen? Hallelujah. The Bible tells us... Um, well, I'll just read it here. Matthew 18, 18 through 20. He says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whatever you bind or forbid, this is a kind of an amplified version, whatever you bind or forbid or declare improper or unlawful on earth, it will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, permit, declare lawful on earth shall be already loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that two believers agreeing on anything, if they're of one mind and in harmony about what they're asking within the will of God, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where there's two or three gathered in my name, like us tonight, meeting together as my followers, I'm, I'm among them. Isn't that a good version? I like that. Um, so God wants us to use our authority to bind the enemy and loose the angels of God, to speak and declare the word of God that, that there's angels building up a hedge of protection around me um, because angels hearken to the word of God. So, so when I'm going through a trial or going through a tribulation or I see the enemy trying to come against um, our lives in some way, I'm going to speak and declare the word of God. No weapon. The word of God says, no weapon formed against me will prosper. All who rise against me will fall. Amen? And what happens? The angels are loose to enforce that. 
Amen. I, I plead the blood of Jesus over me, my family, my home. You know, I, I, just, I just start speaking the word. Whatever kind of comes up to, in, in my spirit. Or if you need help, you know, just go to your concordance or go to, go to a Bible app and just look up authority or, or, you know, whatever it is that you need to speak about to release the angels of God. But he says, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. You're, you're supposed to use your authority. You're not supposed to just let it attack and just take it like a punching bag. He wants us to respond as a soldier would respond. Take up the shield of faith. Take up that sword of the spirit and start yielding it. Wielding it? Yielding it? And speaking the word of God. What are you doing by doing that? Why, what are you doing by using your authority and speaking the name of Jesus and resisting the enemy? You're drawing a line in the sand. You're marking your territory so that the enemy cannot cross that barrier. And sometimes, like he said there, he said in um, the end of the scripture, any two of you believers shall agree. Not that um, you taking authority over the enemy doesn't work, but sometimes when it, it is a major attack, sometimes you really truly need to get together with another believer because there is power in that. And, and I love that we have a really awesome prayer team in the church because we need it because God has so much in store and plans that, for this ministry, and there needs to be a major hedge of protection built up through prayer. Any two of you uh, will bind anything on earth will be bound in heaven, loosed in anything on earth will be loosed in heaven. So it's super, super important. So I, I say, you know, the bigger the battle, get a bigger army together. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, so that you can take things um, to a new level. Sometimes, you know, I'll try and I'll be battling something for, you know, a week or so, and I probably shouldn't even let it go that long. And then if I don't feel like I'm really getting a victory over something, I'm going to call for some people that I believe that are prayer warriors that are going to come into agreement and start going at this thing and um, to see a, a, a breakthrough, a victory. Um, sometimes you can feel it in the spirit break before you actually see it, but you can have peace when that happens. It's done, right? You can just have peace. It's done. Um, so, yeah, you just kind of go by the spirit. Philippians 2, 7 through 11. Jesus... Um, this is kind of talking about Jesus and how he came here. And then I'll tell you why I'm reading it. Um, but he emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but he temporarily gave it up, the outward expression of divine equality um, and his rightful dignity. By assuming the form of a bondservant, or he came here fashioned as a man, okay? Um, being made in the likeness of men, he came... And he became completely human, but what, this is so key, guys. But he was without sin, being fully God and fully man. He was um, found in terms of his outward appearance as a man for a divinely appointed time. He humbled himself still further, this is important too, by becoming obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on the cross. For this reason also... Because he obeyed so completely and he humbled himself, God exalted him and bestowed upon him a name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess and openly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. 
to the glory of the Father. So I like this. Notice Jesus was here as a man. But yet, did you notice how much authority he walked in as a man? The result is because of his obedience to God. The more obedient you are to God, the more authority, or I'll say confidence in the authority that you walk in. Adam and Eve sinned, so they were shamed. They were filled with guilt. They were filled with embarrassment. So therefore, they didn't walk with what had been given to them. They didn't walk in the glory of God. They didn't walk in the dominion that was given to them because they were shamed. They were guilt. They were embarrassed. That's what sin does. But Jesus came as a man, setting aside his deity, and he was obedient to the Father to the point of death. And as a result, God gave him the name which is above every name, the name that holds so much authority that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. So what is this telling us? This is telling us that if you want to walk, if you really want to deal with the enemy and you want to walk with major authority and have authority and walk in it over all the power of the enemy, then we need to live a life that's pleasing unto the Lord. I recently had a dream where um, there was some kind of secret sin in, in, in somebody's life. And um, they were trying to take authority over the enemy. There was a, a, a real strange attack of the enemy where things were like floating. It was real demonic. Things were floating around and stuff. And they're trying, their believers are trying to take authority over this thing. A couple believers trying to take authority over this thing. And this, the, the things, it was real strange. Um, they wouldn't stop. It wouldn't stop. Until finally, I don't know, in, in the spirit, in the dream, I heard, um, confess your sin one to another so that you'll be forgiven. There was hidden sin. And so the person confessed to the other person their sin. I didn't hear anything specific. And, um, and then this other person went to another person, confessed their sin. And all of a sudden, there was a breakthrough and they took authority over the enemy and it all dropped to the ground. Why? Because there was no more blockage to the enemy no longer had permission to continue working. See, the Lord warns us to give no foothold, no permission to the enemy. And Jesus said, the enemy has found nothing in me. He has no permission to work, no permission to hinder me from walking in what I'm walking in. So when we sin of our own free will, we really give him permission to wreak havoc in our life. And if we don't like dealing with him, who doesn't like dealing with the devil? It's gross, right? But if you really, you know, if you want to deal with him less, because he's not going to go anywhere, he's, he's here and he's, he's trying his best job, and we should be trying our best job too, to resist him. But part, huge, huge part of that is keeping the door to the enemy closed. And Jesus was the perfect example of that. And that's why it's so important that if you do sin, you want to be quick to repent. Quick to repent. And he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But the thing is, is you want to keep the door shut because the moment you give him place, you might be dealing with some kind of circumstances. So you don't even want to go there. Amen? So we've been given the name 
his name. We, we know that he gave his disciples the authority while he was still here for a while to go out and test this out. Go use this authority. Use my name. And they came back in, in excitement. Lord, Lord, even the devils are subject to us. But the thing is, is we have the greater one living on the inside of us. And we've been given the name which is above every name. And we've been given the keys of the kingdom to bind the enemy and loose, right? Loose things on earth as it is in heaven. So we need to do something about it. Not, it's not enough to have this knowledge. It's not enough just to know he's given this to us. We have to apply it, and especially when it comes to tactics of the enemy, especially when he's trying to kill, steal, and destroy the plan and the purpose and the joy and the peace and whatever it is that God has blessed you with, we need to, to take up arms. We need to get together and link arms with other believers as, as, a, as an army of Christ and take authority over these things. It, don't keep it a secret, um, a, a secret prayer request. How is that going to draw a line in the sand? How are you going to secretly take authority over the enemy in something specific, some specific attack? You need to let the enemy know you mean business. And sometimes if you're not, like I said, if you're not getting the victory on your own, get together with another believer. Or ask the Holy Spirit, because sometimes it'll be something like that dream he gave me. He, he'll deal with you. The reason you're not getting victory is because you got this sin thing that, that's going on in your life. So you can go deal with that, then go take authority over the enemy. And then you'll get breakthrough. You're having a bombardment of your mind. You're having nightmares. And he tells you um, it's because you're watching such and such a show. And you didn't even realize it because you didn't feel like it was affecting you. You know? And so you got to shut that door down. Because the enemy's getting infiltrated in through that show or whatever. So, I mean, just any, any number of things the Lord could show you. If you're not getting victory over a situation, you're trying to use your authority, ask the Lord why. He'll tell you. He'll show you. And it'll be either a scripture pops up or you'll hear a message or he'll just straight out tell you. Amen? So we're talking about using our authority, but a number one key way to get breakthrough when you're using your authority is keep the door to the enemy shut. Just don't even give him a foothold. He's going to try anyways, so why help him out? Because that's what sin does. It, it, it's a sin door. It opens the door. It opens the front door of your house, and it's, it's letting him have full permission to come on in. And, and we don't want that. So the Lord speaks to us in Ephesians 4, 27 through 30, a few things that, that gives a foothold to the enemy. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a, so that's one of the things the Lord doesn't like, and that's one of the things gives the enemy permission. When somebody, you know, the Lord says, be angry and sin not. Some people are angry and upset because someone's living in unrighteousness and they want to see them live for the Lord. That's, that's like Jesus turning the tables over. He's, he's, he's upset that they're doing this in the house of God. That's it's righteous uh, anger, okay? But, but it's totally different to be cussing somebody out because they treated you wrong. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> well, God says that actually gives the enemy a door, a foothold. He's, you just stuck your foot out there. And now he's grabbed, a, he's grabbed a hold of it. And he's going to drag you down with him. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good work. And then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Oh, he's talking here about things that give the enemy a foothold. 
you are tired of dealing with the enemy and you feel like you don't have the authority and your authority is not working, these are sin. These are things that you need to confess. And if you sin to someone, against someone specifically, you need to confess it to that person. I know that sounds scary, but if you're gossiping about someone and God's dealing with you, unless you deal with this and confess it to them, I'm not saying just be led by the Spirit. You know what I mean? But if he's specifically telling you um, it's not enough just to confess it to me that you need to go and apologize, then you better do that or that sin door is not going to be shut. So use your hands for good, um, work hard, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to them. And do not bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit by any way you live. Remember, he's identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved in the day of redemption. So he just kind of covers a blanket. Yeah, there's these specific things, but let me just go ahead and say any way you live. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit, because if you grieve the Holy Spirit, that actually means that you gave place to the enemy. Why did David say, oh, Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me? Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He had opened a sin door and gave the enemy permission to come in and steal his joy. And guess what? When you don't have joy, you don't have strength, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You ever, have you ever been there? You feel down and out and depressed and, and you have a lack of joy. Then you, you want to search your heart or search, search your home. See if there's doors open to the enemy because the enemy has been given permission somehow to steal your joy. Don't let it happen. If, if you're noticing some, some things like this, these attacks, these oppressions, these depressions, th these anxiety and worry and, and things are coming against you, take your place and draw a line in the sand of what belongs to you, my house, my family, my job, my home, my church, my territory. Draw a line in the sand and just start pleading the blood of Jesus. And just start binding the enemy, using the authority that God has bestowed upon you that he already gave, using the name of Jesus. And commanding those things to flee, commanding those things to fall. And if you need a prayer partner, get somebody who can believe with you and pray in agreement with you. Jesus did warn us there would be troubles in this earth, but he also gave us the instructions on how to deal with these troubles. He told us that the enemy is going to be lurking about, sneaking like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. You know who he can devour? The ones who are not using their authority. The ones who are like Teddy, who had an accident, and he's afraid for us to come home. <laughs> who are cowering, not walking in boldness of who they are. We've got the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who already defeated the enemy, living on the inside of us. So we don't need to fear anything because he is with us and he is in us. Amen? 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9 says, Be sober. It says, this version, I think it's amplified again, be well-balanced and self-disciplined. That's how you're sober. <laughs> be well-balanced and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. What are you alert and cautious for? Because the enemy is lurking. He's waiting for you to stumble. He's waiting for you to not be conscious of, of, of who you are and, and what you have. 
He's waiting for you to be distracted by his tactics so he can come in for the kill. The enemy, be alert at all times. Um, that enemy of yours, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking for someone to devour. Resist him. Draw a line in the sand. Mark your territory. Stand firm in your faith against this attack. Immovable. Knowing that the same experiences and sufferings are being experienced by all your brothers and sisters in the Lord throughout the whole world. We all said we've been through that, right? We've been through some sort of attack at some point in our lives, and most likely hundreds of them. I love James 1. He says, uh, count it all joy when you enter into trials and temptations and tribulations. Well, that's not really an exciting time to me. But this is why. Because it's the trying of your faith. And it works patience and it works endurance. And when this testing and this trial or this tribulation is over, you're going to be stronger than before. And he says you're going to be entire, needing nothing. You're going to have assurance of who you are in Christ. And the next time the enemy tries this tactic, you're going to be able to stand firm and say, no, 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 no. I've done this before. I'm not going through this again. And you resist and, and stay steadfast in your faith. Amen? How do we do that? Well, we've got to put our armor on. We are the Lord's army. We are. And he says we don't fight against flesh and blood even though sometimes it feels like it. There's someone behind that person that's attacking. There's someone behind that person that's a manifesting towards you, uh, uh, you know, calling you all kinds of names. There's someone trying to get your attention through the situation and trying to get you off track. So we need to be like an army and put on our armor and be ready for battle. Ephesians, that's why he's like, he said, um, be sober, be ready, be watching, watch and pray. All right? How do we do that? How do we be ready? Well, Ephesians 6, 13 through 17, take unto you the whole armor of God so that you're able to withstand that strategy and that evil day. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness on, your, your feet shed abroad with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking up the shield of faith where you're able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's so important to be prepared at all times for battle because the enemy doesn't take a day off, does he? <laughs> he doesn't. So we shouldn't either. Every day we should be putting on the armor of God. Every day we should be renewing our mind with the word of God so that we know how God speaks and we know how God says to handle things. I love the Lord. I love his word. You know, we meditated on it day and night. And sometimes I know that you read the word, and, and it must happen to you because it happens to me. Um, you read the word some days and you don't feel like you got anything. But he says to do it. So sow that word into your heart. Meditate on that word. So I'll just take a scripture. I'll take, you know, I read a few passages and, 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 and something will stick out to me a little bit. And then I just meditate on that. And maybe it's not even for that very day. But all of a sudden, a couple months down the road, all of a sudden I'm just spending time with God, and all of a sudden, boop, that scripture pops up. 
He brings back to my remembrance the things that I've studied and the right in present time. Amen. And so we want to do these things and we want to be prepared for battle by putting on our armor. We want to watch and pray and, and, and don't let the enemy trample all over you. Use your authority. Resist the devil in the name of Jesus. Command him to flee. Get out of your home. Get out of your family. Get, get your hands off in Jesus' name. But, you know, before that stuff too, you also want to keep the door shut to the enemy. Stay obedient to God and his word like Jesus was. Listen to this. This is good, and this is a promise that you can, if you are being obedient to God and his word, you can claim this promise. And this is a good one. Because, you know, we're talking about an attack here. An attack can look like, you know, the disciples in the boat can look like a storm. And in here, it really, it's, that's what it feels like when you're under attack. It, it feels like a storm. It feels like you're being hit by, you know, a tornado or, or whatever. And it's funny that God uses it again as, as a storm in this situation. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, he says, Everyone who hears my words and does them. Let me just stop there. What is that? When you hear his words and, and you do them, what is that? It's obedience. And didn't Jesus, wasn't he obedient even to the point of death? So listen, this is how you get to receive from the promises of God. If you hear his words and do them, you will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rain may fall because we know there's an enemy and he's going to try, right? And, and there are going to be troubles in this life. Jesus warned us. So the rains may fall and the floods may come. It's just kind of a guarantee we're in this world and things are going to happen. And the winds may even blow. And the wolf might even huff and puff <laughs> and try to blow our house down. But it says, it did not fall because it's founded upon the rock. Who's the rock? Jesus and his word. When we hear his word and, and talking about whatever he's telling you to do. And, and, and in my instance, sometimes he tells me actually to do something um, that not necessarily that I'm reading in his word, but, but if he tells me to go bless somebody, or he tells me to go encourage somebody, or he tells me, I need you to spend time in prayer today. If he's telling me to do something, if I hear his words and I don't do it, what is that? That is a foothold for the enemy. So the reason God tells us to do things, if he's telling me at 4 a.m. to pray, then I better do it because it's for my own safety or the safety of someone else. He's trying to work things out for our good, and if we don't obey, we're giving a foothold to the enemy. If you obey, though, you are like a house that's founded upon the rock, and no matter what may come your way, you can have assurance that you're going to know the outcome. Thank you, Jesus, that we're going to stay standing or with the disciples in the boat, and we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago, that you're going to end up over on the other side no matter what it feels like. You might feel like you're sinking. Master, don't you care that we're going to die, you know. But he said, let's go over to the other side. Their job was to just listen and obey. So our job is to listen 
and obey and not get into fear and worry about what it looks like or what it feels like because the matter of the fact is is that his words will not return void. It will be accomplished, that which he said. And here, he's promising, if I will be obedient to hear his words and do them, I can, can be excited because my house will be founded upon a rock and it will not be moved. It will stay standing. Amen? But then he gives us the alternative here. Everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't do them, and I don't know if any of us even wants to be this person, you're a foolish man who builds his house upon the sand. And the rains fall, and great is the fall of your house. We don't want that. We want to be like Jesus, obedient to the Father, so that we can walk in the authority, so that even though storms may come, that we can stand and stay standing after the storm's over. Storms don't take, you know, I mean, sometimes storms are a little longer, like, We've heard about a major storm. Where is that? Turkey? Earthquake. Yeah. So tribulation. Some tribulation sometimes lasts a little longer than others in, in the spirit and, and even in the natural too. Um, but God asks us to be obedient in the middle of that. If God's asking you to do something, if God's speaking his word and, and he, he expects us to do it, he expects us to apply it. And if we do, we can have assurance that no matter what shaking is going on, we're going to be standing when this storm's over. Amen? And then I love, and I'm sure we all know it, Isaiah 54, 17, or at least you should know it. No weapon. This is a, me this is a passage that you can speak and declare, and the angels have to hearken to it when we speak and declare it. But again, keep sin out so you can have that boldness and assurance. That when you speak, the devils tremble and flee. I, um, there's that one passage where it's like the seven sons of Sceva, and they're trying to use an authority that they don't, that they're walking in, they're living in sin, they're living in, in like a kind of like a, a perverted um, authority. Um, they want to see, you know, God do these things that the disciples are doing, but the disciples are living to please God, and these guys aren't. And so they try to use that same authority by using the name of Jesus, and they're like, Paul we know, and Jesus we know, but who are you? You should know who you are, and you should not give place to the enemy so that the enemy really knows who you are. You know, that you're walking in that authority, that Jesus is the one uh, ruling and reigning in your heart and your life. Hallelujah. So Isaiah 54, 17, I'm going to close with this. No weapon that is formed against you is going to prosper. That's good news. Every tongue that rises against you is going to fall in judgment and be condemned. This peace, righteousness, security, triumph over all opposition is the heritage of the Lord's servants. And this is their vindication from me, says the Lord. Isn't that good news? This peace, righteousness, security, Triumph over all opposition is ours. Hallelujah. And this passage came to me as well. Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy comes in like a flood or a storm or an earthquake, tribulation of any kind, really, when he comes in like a flood, you can have assurance. If you're walking 
in righteousness, if you're keeping sin doors closed, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. A shield will go up to protect you and keep you. So what do we want to do? How do we draw that line in the sand? And a huge thing, huge thing to mark in our territory is keep the door to sin shut. If you mess up, fess up, shut the door, confess, let God cleanse you from all unrighteousness and kick the devil back out. Because sometimes we don't realize just because somebody else doesn't know, God knows, the enemy knows because you just let them in. You're going to have to kick them back out. The only way he's going to leave is if you do what the word of God says to do. Confess your sin. And he's faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then be ready, be sober, be vigilant. Put on your armor. Walk in the peace and presence of the Lord. And then finally, use the authority that he has bestowed upon us to tread on these serpents and scorpions because there is a devil and he is trying, and we know it, to kill, steal, and destroy the life and the blessings and the joy and the peace and, and whatever else is a blessing in this life from the Lord. He's trying to take it from us. So we need to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and put on this armor of God and resist the enemy in the evil day. Use our authority and command him to flee. Do not cower, do not fear, do not worry because he's in the boat with us. God's in the boat with us. But he's given us the keys to overcome. Now do it. Speak the name of Jesus. The devil trembles when we know who we are in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah, Pastor Rick.